Matthew chapter 27, uh, beginning in, uh, uh, or ending, I guess, uh, verse uh, 52. Uh, the Bible says there, a very simple statement. It says, and the graves were opened. We're going to just look at that simple statement this morning. And the graves were opened. Can't, uh, can't look at that without looking at the rest of the verse. It says, many of the bodies uh, which slept arose. Uh, but I want to point out to you something very early, and I'm going to come back to it uh, in a moment, uh, that the graves opening, and uh, when they came open, that was uh, in conjunction with uh, what we've talked about the last few weeks. Uh, that was in conjunction with the shout. Uh, that was in conjunction with uh, the uh, earthquake. That was in conjunction with uh, the rock splitting in two. Uh, but it was uh, at that point, uh, the, these bodies that arose, if you keep reading uh, in verse 53, they didn't rise until uh, the third day. Uh, they didn't rise till after the resurrection. So uh, this is a, uh, a separate event uh, from, uh, from the actual uh, bodies coming out. Uh, but it's all part of uh, the miracles that are taking place uh, in and around the crucifixion uh, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Uh, God's stamp of approval, um, uh, God's stamp of uh, maybe more than approval, God's stamp of authenticity uh, on the events uh, that are taking place. If you ever uh, see these commercials sometimes, uh, they'll want you to order uh, some coin or some plate or some uh, some collectible, and, and they'll tell you it comes with a certificate of authenticity. Um, well, these events that are taking place uh, are the certificate of authenticity. They tell us uh, that the crucifixion, uh, this man being crucified on this center cross, uh, that there is something uh, distinctly different uh, about his crucifixion and every other crucifixion uh, that had ever uh, taken place. We see these uh, graves coming, uh, coming open. And this is a very uh, important miracle uh, in, uh, in this list of six. Uh, as these graves around uh, Golgotha, around uh, Calvary come open, uh, again, it may, uh, in some ways, uh, you might look at it as even the most uh, amazing miracle of the group. Uh, it is a, it is a, uh, a miracle of great uh, importance. It is somewhat, uh, you might say, the, uh, the, the climax uh, of what has uh, happened so far. Uh, again, the earthquake uh, that we looked at last week, all those events, um, and, and I do believe here uh, that they are related, that the earthquake is what caused uh, the graves uh, to be opened up. Uh, it does, from reading the text, uh, look like that this wasn't, we talked about the darkness uh, being uh, all over and how far the earthquake went. It does appear from the text uh, that these graves that were open were just um, in the vicinity uh, of Calvary. That they were just uh, graves that were uh, right around. And this wasn't a, uh, you know, a, a widespread uh, worldwide event that these graves uh, began 
to be open. Uh, obviously, earthquakes um, are always the most violent, uh, the strongest right at their, uh, at their uh, center uh, where they start, uh, and, and the earthquake was centered uh, at, uh, at Calvary, uh, and from there, uh, these graves uh, began uh, to open up. We also know uh, that there was a graveyard near Calvary because that's the graveyard that that evening they would take Jesus to. Uh, and so we know that there was a graveyard uh, near uh, Calvary. And so uh, it is conceivable that, uh, that most of the graves that were opened up uh, would have been in uh, that same graveyard there. Uh, also, uh, another reason uh, that I think the graves that were opened were, uh, would have been close to Calvary is because if Christ is being crucified here and graves over yonder are opened up, there's some people looking to them open graves going, we got to go. Yeah, uh, yeah, well, yeah it's time for us to leave. Uh, the graves that were opened were pointing towards Calvary, and so it makes sense that the graves that were opened uh, would have been in the near vicinity uh, of Calvary in that uh, general uh, area. And one of the images, let me uh, get out of your head also, uh, is... Uh, before we get really into this, let me get one other image out of your head. We're not talking about uh, graves like we are familiar with. We're not talking about like up in Carolina Memorial Park and, and the graves being open. Uh, remind you that the majority of graves at that time uh, would have been a cave in the side of a hill and a rock would be rolled, much like uh, we read with the tomb of Jesus, and a rock would be rolled in front of it. And, and so when the earthquake came and the rocks were split, the rocks that were in front uh, of these tombs were moved. And so you had these uh, open cave graves uh, sitting around Jerusalem uh, that people uh, would be able uh, to look at and see. So that brings us to our first point then. What's the significance? What difference does it make? Why in the world uh, would, uh, why in the world, uh, would this be part of uh, the crucifixion? Why would this be part uh, of the events uh, that took place? Again, since it's part uh, of the earthquake and the, uh, the breaking of the rocks, why would this be set apart as a separate event? Why would the Bible tell us specifically here uh, that these graves uh, were, uh, were opened up? And the reason is that there's a huge difference uh, in those two statements. You, you know, there again, I asked last week and nobody here uh, had ever been in an earthquake. But there's a difference in having an earthquake and having graves opened up. There's a significant difference uh, in those two statements. Again, um, the fact that the rocks were split open shows us the magnitude uh, of, of the event shows us how powerful the event was. When you, uh, much like after uh, a, a tornado or uh, some other uh, occurrence, you look at it and you, know, you might go out in the morning after a thunderstorm and look around and say, well, that, you know, that was kind of a mild storm. Or you might go out and you look around and, and you see trees down everywhere. You see 
roofs tore up, you see all kinds of damage, and you say, that was a bad storm. Well, the rocks being busted tell us it was a bad earthquake. Okay? It was a powerful earthquake. The fact that in the middle of that earthquake, again, now, if all the graves, and we'll talk about this in just a minute, if all the graves would have been open, we might have continued with the thought, man, it was such a strong earthquake that all the graves opened up. But we'll see in a moment that it was only part of the graves. And so the, the reason it's set aside, again, is the earthquake, the rocks being busted open, tell us how powerful the miracle was. The graves, some of the graves being opened, tells us there was a design to the miracle. That God from his throne looked down, and I said last week, took the earth and did it like this, like a snow globe. But with the graves, he looked down and said, you open, you open, and you open, and you open. There was design in what God was doing. This wasn't a haphazard event. This wasn't something that, uh, again, was just uh, a random event. Uh, again, the breaking of the rocks was not a prophecy of the future. Opening of individual graves, on the other hand, was a prophecy of something yet to come. Jim and I talked about that uh, last week after, uh, after the service, that th this was a sign uh, of the resurrection, that one day the same event's going to happen. They're going to go to the cemetery, and that grave is going to be open, and that grave is going to be open, and that grave is going to be open. This was a, uh, uh, this event uh, was uh, a prophecy. The busted rocks were a result of the earthquake. The open grave was a result of the hand of God. It was a result of God's plan, God's uh, design, that God had that, uh, had this in mind, that there wasn't something random happening. Listen, in fact, to some extent, you can say that about all six of these miracles, that all of these miracles point to the fact that this wasn't the Roman government crucifying Jesus Christ. This wasn't the Israel. This was God's plan. This was God's means of salvation. Everything about it was laid out. There was never a moment in these brutal days uh, uh, leading up to Calvary and at Calvary. There was never a moment. There was never an event. There was nothing that took place those days. You know, you and I, we read, these, uh, we read this passage, or I don't know, it's been, what, 10, 15 years now that that movie, The Passion of Christ, came out, and people would go watch it, and they were running out of theaters squalling, you know, overtaken by the events that were portrayed for them. There was nothing that took place in that day that made God go, what? Well, wait a minute. That's not the way I laid it out. That's not what I thought was going to happen. Every one of these events are laid out in a way that show us that God was still in control. It may look like the world was spinning off its hinges. It may look like the world has fallen apart. But I want you to know that the Bible tells, go all the way back to the book of Genesis. And at that point, God tells the serpent that the seed of this woman 
will crush your head. God knew. We talked about this uh, Wednesday night as we look at Ephesians, that before the founding of the earth, God knew. And He realized that His Son would have to die on the cross for our sin. These random graves that are opened up show us here the significance. Let's talk for a moment about then the sepulchers that are actually open. An interesting question comes up then. Well, if not every grave was opened, whose grave was opened? Now we're really going to get into the significance of what went on. If every grave wasn't open, whose grave was opened? Well, if we look at this text, the Bible tells us it was just the graves of the saints. It was just the graves of the saints, God's people. And as we look at that, again, notice something here. And I mentioned this a moment ago, that the graves were open at the instant of Christ's death. But the bodies didn't come out. The bodies didn't come out. Again, if you look in verse uh, 53, the Bible says uh, that the, the bodies didn't come out. Uh, the tombs were open. Many of the bodies of the saints, it says, that were fallen asleep were raised. And coming out of, the, uh, out of the tombs after his resurrection. So the tombs opened at his death. But the bodies did not come out until after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so the important thing we're talking about here. We'll get there. We'll get there in two weeks, actually. We're not, and I can't, you can't talk about this and not bring up the resurrection of the bodies. I've got to talk about it a little bit today. But that's not the point today. The point are these open graves. That, that these open graves, they have a whole different message than the resurrected bodies. The fact that the graves were open at the instant of Christ's death but the resurrection didn't take place until the third morning. That tells us something. I want you to think about that for a minute. Have you, has the impact, the full truth of that statement run through your heads yet? The graves opened at the moment of his death. The bodies didn't come out. The resurrections didn't take place until after his resurrection existed. So, think about that for a moment. That, are any wheels turning at all? That means for that whole period of time, everywhere, as people walked down the street, they looked up. And for three days, they saw open graves. For three days, there were open graves scattered around town. And for three days, those open graves were, were speaking. There were people who came into town who maybe didn't, weren't there for the crucifixion. And I don't know, but I just think if I'd have rode into town and I looked around and I saw a bunch of open graves, I think I'd ask. Wouldn't you? Y'all's funeral home guy on strike? You know, what's going on? By the way, I noticed when I come into town, your cemetery is tore up. Yeah, I think I would have asked that question. Wouldn't you? 
Am I the only knucklehead here? Yeah. Am I the only curious one here? If I come into town, if I go home today and I ride by Carolina Memorial Park and I see a bunch of open graves all over the place, I'm going to ask somebody. I, I'm going to ask somebody. I know me. I'm just that notion. I'm probably going to call Archie. He's my source of information because Archie's nosier than I am and he checks into everything. Melissa got on me the other day for picking on Archie. Let me just insert a disclaimer. I love him like a brother. He, he, is, he has been one of the greatest friends I've ever had. Now, I don't say that enough, but I do like to pick on him. Uh, yeah, and so, yeah, so I would ask Archie, what's going on? That's in Canapolis. He wouldn't know. If I call ask, ask Archie a question, he's asking on Concord. I don't know. I don't want to know. So this... These open graves were a testimony for three days. Something unusual is going on in our town. Something strange is, is happening. What a, what a testimony to the power of Jesus Christ. What a testimony to the power of God. I, I, I've got to think that somebody probably went out there and tried to start covering them up and found out, man, there's just too many of them. What a, what, what a testimony that this wasn't an ordinary crucifixion. Okay. Well, let's think about for a moment. Let's back up and bring these miracles together. We've split them up over four weeks so far. We've got darkness, abject darkness, in the middle of the day from 12 to 30. At 3, the, the, the darkness goes away. And the earth begins to shake. The rocks begin to break in half. And now somebody says, y'all think this is something. You ought to see what's going on at the cemetery. I, I, I haven't had contact with him in a while. But I, I was in seminary with a guy uh, who was a pastor in Michigan. And he was telling me one time they were talking about the type of weather they have in Michigan. The snow and the ice and the temperatures. And he was telling our little group, we're sitting somewhere eating a, eating a meal. He was telling about Michigan. Like anybody cares. Uh, he was telling us about Michigan. And I, he finished his story and I got done. And I said, you know what I'd do the minute I left Lynchburg? And I don't remember the time. But I'd carry myself back to Michigan, pack my junk, and move. That's what I'd do. I wouldn't live in that. Now, God bless the people that choose to live in Michigan. Nothing against you. But I like our snow. Don't y'all? It snows that morning. By that afternoon, we're outside throwing the football. Yeah, it's, you know, I, like our, I like our winter. You know, it's aggravating sometimes you go out in the morning with your jacket on. By evening, you're outside in shorts cooking hot dogs. You know, it, 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 it'll get on your nerves a little bit, but I like that much better than this much snow. Some of you remember Wilbur Griffin. Wilbur, one time I remember his brother passed away, and he went up to Michigan for the funeral. And he come home, I asked him how his trip was, how everything went. Oh, it's real good, but we're not going back for the burial. 
about it. You just stay. Oh, they won't bury him in the mayor tomb when the ground falls out. Move. I got to tell you, three hours in the middle of the day of darkness, earthquake, rock splitting, graves opening, I don't think this boy would have been around for the fifth miracle. I think I'd have been gone. Can you imagine what these people are thinking? What's going through their mind? Which brings me to this point, the sight. The fact that the graves were opened at the instant of Christ's death, but the resurrection didn't take place until the third morning after again, shows us. I said a while ago the fact that this grave, not that grave, this grave, not. The fact that they were open, but nothing happened, shows us and reminds us that they are there to be a, uh, a testimony. That they're there to be a, uh, a statement. If the stones were uh, moved, uh, if they were moved out of the way, if the stones had been moved just to let the bodies come out, well, as soon as the stones moved, the bodies would have come out, right? If it was just a matter of letting the bodies out, then as soon as the stones moved, the bodies come out. No, the stones being moved were, were moved, if that was the case, and the bodies weren't going to raise until Sunday morning, until the resurrection, didn't need to move the stone until Sunday morning. Or, as soon as the stone was moved on Friday, then the, 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 the bodies need to come out then. So it's obvious that it, it, it's two different events. And furthermore, since it was Passover, coming up on the Sabbath, Nobody was going to, I said, well, I got this probably out there trying to close them. I wasn't thinking. No. It was the Sabbath. They wouldn't have touched them. Between the labor, between the touching of a grave, all that, they wouldn't have touched it on the Sabbath. And so those graves were meant to sit there open as a testimony, as a power, as a sign. But a sign of what? A sign of what? What exactly does an open sepulcher, what exactly does an open tomb on the side of the hill, what exactly does that say? Why were the graves even open? Why were they even, uh, why did this take place? Why was it there? Well, again, um, I think we have to come and ask the question then a little deeper, is what kind of resurrections were there? What kind of resurrections are we talking about? Um, were these like the final resurrection? What kind of resurrections uh, were they? Or are they like, like Lazarus and just bodily resurrections? What kind of resurrection are we talking about? I think we can take Scripture and we can see clearly that these were just bodily resurrections. If they had been spiritual resurrections, there wouldn't have been any need to move the rock. Wouldn't have been any reason to move the rock. These were bodily resurrections, and so they had to, to come out. We're going to talk about it again in, in two weeks on Easter Sunday. We're going to talk about that resurrection even more. The point to make here is, is that the moving of the stones 
shows us that these were just bodily resurrections. These people being brought uh, back to life. Again, spiritual resurrection wouldn't need an opening. Right? You, you, you tracking what I'm saying? Let's, I, I, I'm going to do something terrible right here. But <clears throat> let's say someone, um, someone, let's say someone dies in this building. We're not going to have to tear the roof off so their spirit can go to be with the Father, right? So you wouldn't have to move the rock from in front of the tomb for it to be a spiritual resurrection. Let's remember something. In a, in, in a few days, Jesus is going to be resurrected. They didn't move the rock to let Jesus out. They moved the rock to let the disciples in. Correct? You with me? This wasn't a spiritual resurrection. This was a bodily resurrection. Listen, the, 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 opening, the, the opening of the tombs points to the fact that it was a, a bringing back to life of the body. These people would die again. Those people who were resurrected that day are buried now somewhere, somewhere. I was going to say in Jerusalem, but I don't know that. They're buried somewhere again. A spiritual resurrection didn't need an opening. But the opening of the grave tells us that, that it was, a, again, a physical resurrection. And the reason, again, that that's important as we look at it is, again, to understand the nature of the resurrection. This was the bodies coming back to life. This wasn't, uh, again, the, the saints that are risen isn't a complete um, expression of the victory of Christ. But it is, a, uh, again, because they're, they're not being re resurrected spiritually. They're being resurrected physically. But because of what Christ did on Calvary, now we can have the promise of spiritual resurrection. We have a, a different hope than they did. Listen, if all the hope we have is the grave being opened and this old physical body being resurrected, no thank you. I'll pass. We were talking this while with me and Tommy, I think. I don't remember me and Tommy, who it was we were talking talking about age. And, you know, oh, me and CD. I don't know who it was, me and CD. Talking about age. And, and, and how the physical body deteriorates. How it goes downhill and begins to hurt. You know, it begins to hurt, you know, some of y'all like me, you hurt in places a few years ago you didn't even know you had. You know, you go to the doctor and he says, this is wrong with you. I said, well, I didn't even know I had one of them. You know, when did I get it? He said, you were born with it. You know, well, I didn't know it. Didn't used to hurt. Difference in age. You know, 
Some of you young people don't understand what it means to say, you know, I, I'm going to give you a phrase that you only hear from an old person. I slept wrong. You never hear a young person say, I slept wrong. When I was younger, I could lay down here on this concrete floor and use that step as a pillow and got up and been fine. Not anymore. This was a bodily resurrection that was pointing us towards the truth that one day, by what Jesus Christ was doing, we had the promise of a spiritual resurrection. Listen, the, the reviving of these, these few, these few graves uh, around Golgotha was, was there, was enough to point us towards the truth. What's being taught here? What's being taught to us? We have an important symbol that is being seen. Here's, here's the, the, the gist of it today. A symbol. You know what a symbol is? A sign? Well, this symbol, this sign of these open graves, just like a, a lamb. We use a lamb a lot in the church. A lamb is a sign of meekness and peace. But we use a, line, a, a lamb as a symbol of Well, these open graves were were symbols. These open graves said that all the obstacles to resurrection had been moved. All the obstacles to resurrection had been moved. All, all the barriers that had kept the bodies in the grave. See, in particular for the people of that time, many of the Jews um, Again, the Sadducees in particular didn't believe in life after death. They didn't believe. Uh, you know, that's, the, that's the joke. Is That's how you remember what the Sadducees were. They didn't believe in life after death, so they were sad, you see. They didn't believe in it. And so here's a group of people, uh, a, a major part of the people of Israel, who don't believe in resurrection, who don't believe in life after death, who for three days have to look at open tombs. And again, in two weeks, we're going to look at the second part of this statement and understand that then after that, they had to say, well, hey, Fred, I thought I went to your funeral. This miracle is a reminder to them, to us, all the way today that the crucifixion of Jesus Christ took away all the barriers, took away all the obstacles to eternal life, took away all the things that would stand in way of a person coming out of the tomb and having eternal life. Which brings us then to the success. Christ's death opened the graves. Christ's death, we know, destroyed the power of death. Death, where is your victory? Where is your sting? Christ took that victory away. He destroyed the power of death. Death entered into this world and is the penalty of sin and the death of Jesus overcame it. Defeated the, the, the power of sin and the power uh, of death and removed all the obstructions. His death opened the prison doors, the Bible says. He set us free. Let us go. His death promised and secured for us resurrection. 
the hope of more than just a bodily resurrection. More than just a bodily resurrection. Listen, most of us, if you live any time at all, again, your body deteriorates, you get down to the point where I, I, I don't know if I want a bodily resurrection. I, I doubt very seriously if there's a human, if, if there's a saint of God. I know there's not. If there's a saint of God that's ever died, then if you said, hey, you want to go back? Nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay right here. These empty tombs remind us of the opportunity, the ability, the, the accessibility, the free gift of resurrection, of being able uh, to come out. But our sin has been forgiven. But the graves uh, were open. No more obstacles to being able to personally be delivered from sin and death. Why were those people in those tombs? Here's the nuts and bolts. Why were they in those tombs? Because the wages of sin is death. They were in those tombs not because they caught a disease, not because they got old, but because of sin. Everyone that is in every cemetery, at the bottom of it, wherever they are, everyone that has their life has ended is because of sin. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. How much sin? It says sin, singular. How many lies does it take to make you into a liar? Just one. One sin makes you into a sinner. The wages of sin is death. But these open graves say to us that that penalty has been removed. The obstacle. See, sin stood between man and God. Sin stood between. Sin was a barrier. Jesus says, He that believes on me has passed from death unto life. These open tombs remind us that we have the obstacles removed, that we can have a relationship with God, that we can have eternity with Him. Now, I tell you again, one of my favorite verses, you've heard me, I, I, might, I might quote this verse every week, I don't know. I know I, I use it a lot because I love it. But I go to prepare a place for you. But where I am, there you may be also. And if I prepare a place for you, I will come again. But where I am, there you may be also. What a, what a beautiful promise. Those open graves remind us that that's not an empty promise. That's not a hollow promise. That's a promise with some teeth behind it. That's a promise with some power behind it. Listen, when we accept Jesus Christ, we're stepping in. We're stepping out of that, that tomb of sin and stepping into eternal life with Jesus Christ. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning.
in this building joining us online are men and women, boys and girls, who know Christ as their Savior, who know Him personally. The obstacles have been removed, and now you have the promise of the resurrection. The promise that one day, one day very soon, the Son of God is going to split the eastern skies and call his people and say, Come up here. You have the promise. You have the promise of those loved ones, friends, and family that have already passed on. The Bible says the dead in Christ will rise first. We have that promise. We're reminded of that by the open graves, the open tombs at Calvary. We invite you this morning to kneel and pray. Thank you for that gift. For that hope, that promise, what Paul calls the blessed hope, that because of that blessed hope, we don't have to grieve like those that have no hope. One day again, soon, the graves of the saints are going to open. And in this story, it was three days. But in that story yet to be told, in the moment, in the twinkling of an eye, God's people are going to be gathered home. The sea's going to give up her dead. The graves are going to give up her dead. And then those that are alive will join with them and meet him in the air. God, I want to thank you for that hope, for that promise. But this morning, if you don't have that hope, you don't have that promise. If you can't say beyond the shadow of a doubt, I know that if I was to die today, I know that if Jesus was to come back today, that I would spend eternity with him. I know that if I was in my grave, I'd be one of the ones resurrected. If you don't know that, however old you are, however young you are, would you come this morning? If you're online, reach out and let me know, and I'd love to talk to you. You can be saved today. You can have that hope, that promise of a resurrection. Father, we thank you today for your word. God, I pray that you take it and use it. God, that you stir our hearts. God, that Christians would be encouraged. God, they would be uplifted. God, they would be that they would recognize and, and value that great hope. God, to know that one day, whether through the grave or through the air, that's the right. God, that one day, they had the promise of resurrection. God, if there's one here today that doesn't know Jesus Christ, there's one on us that doesn't know him as their Savior, then I pray that you stir their hearts. God, today would be the day that they would come. God, give them that hope. Give them that promise of resurrection. They can know Jesus Christ perfectly. We need more to put off. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we say.